basin in the old bayou and find your favorite fishing pole. Find out where's the next honey hole, only on the top rod fishing show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry, along with Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting show, and welcome to Kane Radio on the FM Band 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana and stories around the USA and the world. And, uh, Rick... Each Friday, uh, these, these people are the reason we're here each you're, day. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, The Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And if you want to give us a call, of course, you've got to dial that old area code, 337. The number to call is 367-1240. You can also listen to us online at www.kane1240.com, anywhere in the world. And if you have an Alexa, just say, Alexa, play Kane 12. 1240. You may also listen to Kane on any accessible internet device. We're live here at the studios of 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which is open. And Rick, uh, freshwater, saltwater fishing, we're shaking, my man. Tony, I got a little report out by Tiger Shoals. They're kind of keeping it kind of tight-lipped. They're catching a few specks on uh I never had much luck on this this rig, Tony. You may have. It's uh-huh. called a double rigger. You know, okay. now, when you really get into them, catch them two at a time. Oh, yeah. They've been catching pound and a half, two-pound specks. Uh, usually, I would just throw like a straight, you know, a cockahole minnow. But I guess if you get in a good school of them, that, the double rigger is the way to go, you know? You know, Rick, you, know, that, you mentioned that. And the only time in my life <laughs> I caught, I had a double rigger was out at Grand Isle years, years ago. Yeah. And I pulled in two, and they were both around two-pounders, nice. you know? And, yeah. uh I, I've never <laughs> since then. I've never. Of course, I don't fish fish much with a two rigger anyway. Right. Not many people do. Yeah. But I did catch two that day. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were just amazing. They were oh, yeah. biting pretty much that day. That's right. Well, usually, Tony, when you you get in them like that, your your decent size specs will be at the top. Now your bigger specs will be at the bottom. So and and you know your your uh, your smaller fish. Not to say two pound is a good eating spec, you know. It is. But that's your most active fish, so they're gonna be at the top of the food chain, you know, and your bigger fish will be at the bottom. But when you get in a good size school, I guess that double rigger, you know, is the way to go. Yeah, I had a I had a, a couple of a grilled uh uh, uh, tr- a speckled trout uh, last Friday uh, yeah. for lunch. So, you know, I uh, still haven't tried that stuff flounder you told me, but man, yeah. that I want to pretty soon. I want to, I got to break down and try it because it just sounds delicious. Yeah, that and uh, I eat the uh, stuffed catfish all the time, man, whether yeah. it be with shrimp or crab or oh, yeah. whatever. They talk about delicious too. Yeah. Well, Rick, uh, and also uh, with regards to uh, freshwater, uh, which uh, I know you've gone out <clears> a couple times. Yeah, Tony, the basin is, is still, I mean, you just have to be careful and watch. You know, we see a lot of guys now with hunting coming around and brushing blinds and getting ready but you know the water's still extremely low i always point i tell my buddy i said look you don't think it's shallow look at that bird it's not even up to his knees you know so it's very shallow you just have to be careful but we're still catching good fish uh, i've been running out of me at point fishing around me at point fishing down the ga a little bit and uh some around miller shoot but you have to be careful right there because there's a big flat as the water got low it gets kind of tricky. You got to kind of, it's like a little S curve. You go around, and then once you get in there, the water's deeper. But uh, you just have to be careful right now. It's uh, it, it's still real shallow. And I've seen, well, you're going to talk about the water, water level there in a little while. But uh, 
I seen it's supposed to take a little bump up a little bit. Yeah, it's supposed to bump up a little bit. And uh, uh, before I came on the air, I was trying to look for anything with notices with the river, with the Mississippi River, as yeah. the drought has affected the water levels tremendously. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially up north, man. You see pictures of sandbars yeah. in the river. They didn't I even mean, know it was there, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, over the years. And what's amazing, I don't know, the first thing that comes to my mind, and think maybe I'm thinking too much about you, Tesh, but – the Mississippi River is it's mostly sand. It's yeah. a sandy bottom, I guess, because of the flow yeah. of the river. Oh yeah. You know, it cleans out all the, the mud and residue, but yeah, of course water water moves a lot, Tony, it does. And yep. they're finding all kind of ships and artifacts and things of that nature. Uh even That's in right. Baton Rouge, there was a young man a few mm. weeks ago. Yeah. Found the remnants of an old uh, ferry or boat that had right. sunk uh finding back belt in, buckles and bullets and all that. It's just and a, all it's just amazing, uh yeah. the things that they're yeah. recovering and uh but like I said, I was looking for an article in up around Nebraska and those places uh, up yeah. north uh, of us. Uh, you know, the river is sandy, and you can yeah. walk out and drive cars. And oh, yeah. It's just amazing. Uh, of course, hopefully we'll see those water levels come back again. It's not unusual. It just doesn't happen often right. to where people see that, like like the USS Kid. I mean, is fully uh, exposed yeah. Uh, right there, it looks like in the dry dock, as we mentioned last week, uh, right. in Baton Rouge when you cross the river in that regard. So, um, and Tony, I think, I don't know how wet this front here will be, but, you know, the north wind, and then you get a low tide, it's going to, so what little bit of water we get, you know, the low tide and the north wind's going to suck it out. So, you know, we, we're going to need, we're going to need a good, a good little bit, you know, expenditure of rain before you start seeing the river come up, you know, with with, uh, with this time of year anyway. Yeah, and not only that, but in the lower portions of the river down uh, uh, near the delta and all, they're starting to see the infusion of salt water too. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've seen that here with some of our lakes and all uh, with yeah. regards to uh, some salt water infusion with uh, – Various uh, people say they've even seen small sharks, you yeah. know, oh, in yeah. that regard. So, and I know you've mentioned that too. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Yeah, because you get your low tide, Tony, and when the high tide comes in, you know, it sucks it out. The low tide, it mixes with the salt water. So, here comes the high tide, and it pushes more or less uh, what you call brackish water. And, and it's more, uh, more probably be salt water than brackish water right now, you know, with the level of being so low. Yeah, and uh, just looking at the chart here, the river stage at Butler Rose, uh, it's pretty flat. Uh, it comes up a little bit, maybe up to five feet right now as of this morning. Yep. At 6 o'clock, it was at 4.71. So, uh, yeah, it's come up a little bit. It's been running 4.4, Tony, 4.5. So, you know, it's, it's come up. I mean, that's, that's not a dramatic change, but it's come up no. a little bit. No, you're right about that. So, anyway, with the uh, termination of the Red Snappers until Memorial Day weekend this year, uh, they were judging how many were caught. And the estimates are out there in the last days of the extended period. You know, they had eight more days where you could catch uh, four fish. Right. And it, it was around, uh, I guess, uh, we well, I think it was close to 40 pounds we had uh, that was still available. And, uh, of course, uh, we ran over about 1,700 pounds of the state's 809,000-pound allocation. And wildlife and fisheries yeah. uh, managers, uh, you know, we're going to see it again, too, that we're probably going to lose a little allocation. Yeah, they'll, they'll dock it off. Yeah, yeah. once uh, we do that. So uh, the manager said the excess of 1,775 pounds, which was about 280 fish, will be deducted from the 2023 allocation, which has been set at more than 880,000 pounds. So we're going to see approximately 70,000 uh, additional pounds of uh, fish. So as I mentioned, the uh, eight-day October season gave Louisiana uh, fishermen 
including charter boats, 62 total days this year, far cry from the nine-day seasons of a decade ago. And wildlife and fisheries estimated that the, just under that 40,000 pounds left after the weekend's only seasons closed uh, after Labor Day. It meant fishermen had an, caught an uh, estimated almost 41,000 pounds in that special eight-day season, which you allowed for fish, as I mentioned. And uh, other than the customary three uh, fish limit during the summer months. Uh, anyway, it'd be interesting to see how that's going to turn out too, Rick. Right. The, this year when they open it back up, I'm sure we'll hear some numbers and all. Oh, yeah, they'll make some adjustments. Yeah, they, they, they should, and uh, that, that's hopefully to see and all. Anyway, with uh, the bird season and the deer season just upon us, uh, I don't know if people were listening to the news report, but, uh, you know, we thought once we're extinct with the old Louisiana whooping cranes, and uh, looks like uh, yeah. they've added a few more to the uh, to the group, and uh, it's basically ten more whooping cranes. Uh, and I re- bring this up, it, you know, it's a fishing and hunting show, but this is something that uh, you know, with juvenile cranes, uh, there are a lot of people putting a lot of money in uh, to keep this uh, specific bird alive. If you ever see one, man, they're just a uh, they're gorgeous to see. They're about they stand about five yeah. foot tall. Big bird. I mean, yeah, big, big, big like a big yellow big bird. Right. But they have black and red markings with their white, and it, it's something to see. And uh, anyway, to add to that flock, and that at one time I think the whooping cranes were down to just about nothing. Yeah, it was close. Uh, you're right. And the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries and the Audubon Society are committed to you know helping this bird stay around and long term effect and. Uh, Anyway, the, with the release of the new arrivals into the wild, the population now stands at 87 cranes, and they had disappeared from the state in the 50s in much of the world. So uh, they got together and decided to uh, put it, put it, you right. know, some. Uh, I want to say what groups. was left, Tony, was in Florida, wasn't it? Ah, you and got me now. I think they transported some back. I don't over know why yet. I want to say maybe yeah. out in in Texas somewhere in Central yeah. Texas, you know, like San been, Antonio yeah. and Austin, or somewhere right. up in there. But anyone encountering a whooping crane yeah, is advised to observe the bird from a distance and report the sighting to the Department of Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries. And whooping cranes, they're large body birds, they're white birds with a red head and black facial markings. The birds measure about five feet, as I mentioned, they have a wingspan of seven to eight feet. That makes them very distinctive. And in flight, whooping cranes uh, display uh, black wing tips and a fully extended neck and legs, which extend well beyond their tail. And uh, just go ahead, pull one up, look at it. And uh, I don't know how you can mistake a whooping crane for any other uh, flight bird, a migratory bird. I mean, it looks like a a jumbo jet up there. So uh, they're huge. And, Tell you what uh, I've been seeing, Tony. We got a pair of bald eagles that's hanging around me at Point. You talk about beautiful, man. Oh, I and bet. Uh, I bet they're not old birds. They're not young, but they're they're some good sized birds. And uh, they those things are. I was watching them the other day, and I mean, they're just. You talk about crews when they get with the wind, they they jet. Bro. Oh yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a can. fast bird to be as big as it is. And it must be, you know, when you see them. Uh, when they uh, sight their uh, prey, oh, yeah. especially in the water with the fish. Yeah, it's like a that, torpedo coming Oh, yeah, down. that's oh, yeah. something to see, too, and uh, with their talents. Uh, man, it, it's pretty much ball game, yeah, too. that's a beautiful bird. It is. That it is. Anyway, folks, uh, duck hunters, duck season opens Saturday, and it begins a 60-day run in our state's newly drawn. We have two, a west zone. It's the first day of the new 
three split season. The East Zone Waterfallers get their uh, shots following Saturday in the first of their two split breakdowns. And the youth and military uh, veterans got first shots this weekend uh, for their special West Zone hunts. And the same two groups will get a one-day early hunt Saturday in the Eastern Zone. And Hopefully, Rick, the cold front will make its way into yeah. this way in time for the dry front to push here sometime uh, tonight, maybe uh, late tonight and uh, next Sunday morning, hopefully low descending into the mid-40s uh, in our four south uh, climate. So uh, usually push some birds down. That's right. The succession of cold fronts brings birds and certainly not the number seen years ago, but enough of a migration to see those uh, successful first split hunts and a handful of reports uh, coming out of Grand Chenier and also Little Chenier and Vermilion and Cameron Parishes. Well, uh, there's proclaimed there are more blue-winged teal uh, running yeah. the rice fields and marshes than I've seen in the past handful of years, too. Yeah. I was telling you a couple of weeks back That's right. when I went, I seen some uh, some teal, some blue-winged and some, some I hadn't seen in a while, some cinnamon teal. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you said that, too. Yeah. And there was also some talk of that. Even better, it appears that the marshes have recovered from the ravages of the hurricanes we had the past few years so and it's uh they they provide enough submerged aquatic vegetation to keep the birds there through the first split anyway those reports included uh gray ducks and spoonies to possibly include uh these larger ducks and you know the teal are the smallest ducks man yep. I, I don't know how people can hunt them but they do yeah and there are some lingering uh uh, tree ducks that have hung around before to make their way uh, south to Mexico for the winter. And okay, guys, with the duck season comes reminders about needing federal and state waterfowl stamps along with your basic hunting license. And right. if you have a lifetime hunting license, your stamp, uh, state stamp is included. And don't yeah. forget to sign the face of the stamps. Know the shooting times, and you can be in, begin hunting one half hour before sunrise to sunset. Yeah. So, and a uh, lot of things, Tony, I noticed when I got my last fishing license. Uh, they they've bundled a lot of stuff down. So like you just said, with your stamp and your license, and uh, you know, and then with your fishing license also. So you know, if you like you said, you go go on a site and, and look it up, and everything is uh, you know, you can you can look it up and get everything straight. Yeah, and also make sure you have to plug in your shotgun. Your shotgun is limited oh, to holding yeah. three shells for yeah. all the migratory waterfowl right. and bird season. Make sure you are using non-toxic shot shells, no lead. Yeah, that's right, and know the limits too. Your daily limit is six with no more than four mallets, but only two mallet hens, okay. three wood ducks, two canvas backs, two redheads, one model duck, one black duck, and one pintail. And you can take uh, only one scoop, that's a dogri, yeah. in, in the first 15 days, and then two per day for the next 45 days of the season. The daily limit on coots, uh, that's a pull dues, yeah, is 15, yeah. and it's five uh, a day on uh, morgansas, and only which two can be uh, hooded morgansas. If you have three times the daily limit in your possession, but only after you've hunted three days. So, anyway, uh, a little more on the ducks. Uh, last week, uh, Wildlife and Fisheries issued a report from the National Veterinary Services, uh, which found, uh, you know, the highly uh, pathogenic uh, avian influsion of bird flu. So the yeah. blue-winged teal has taken by a hunter in southwest Louisiana, also reported that several captive birds have died from it. So up in northeast Louisiana. So, folks, with the yeah. bird flu, be careful. Make yeah. sure you handle those things with gloves and uh, oh, when yeah. cleaning them, uh, just be awful, um, be awful careful in that regard. So, uh, anyway, it's just something to be hold on and, and watch during the season. So, I guess the uh, canvas back came back, Tony, not, not to say, you know, uh, because I can remember back in the day, they you couldn't even, 
That's right. Couldn't even look at one, let alone don't think about shooting one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So they they let them have two now. So they must have made a uh, must have made a comeback. They have, and uh, I know you've mentioned more than once in the last few months. You've seen a lot of wood ducks. A lot of wood. You know, yeah. out there in uh, the between lakes and the basin between Sherrington and I'm sorry, Tony, for cutting you off. Between Sherrington and me at Point, I mean, it's I don't know what. Maybe it's a flyway. Uh, uh, a zone or whatever, but there's a lot of wood ducks between Sherrington and Miet Point. Yeah, I remember yeah. you mentioned that back even the last few weeks that you've just seen them all over the yeah. place down there. Right. Well, it puts you right in between crew boat, Tony, so may, I, I can only guess there's something about the flyaway right there. It's got to be, you know. Well, but just about every morning we go, you know, I, I see at least 10 or 12 woodies right there. And it, it's good to see, too, Rick, you know. so uh, Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful bird. It the male, is. The male it wood is. duck's very beautiful oh, yeah. bird. And a lot of people take, uh, yeah. if you can get one to sit still, <laughs> to yeah. paint, you know, oh, or yeah. draw. That's right. Uh, those are just uh, how things bird, go, yeah. man, in oh, that yeah. regard. So uh, we'll see how that all play out, too. So anyway, uh, yeah, and your deer season's uh, hunting season for your deer. You know, deer season's uh, in, uh, allowed to take either sex, except uh, where noted in this report that I received. So uh, you need to look that up. Make sure you got it right. Yeah. Uh, the snipe, uh, November second to December fourth statewide, and the first split geese, November fifth to December fourth in the east and west zones includes the blue, the Canadian, the snow, the Ross, and speckle-belly species. Yep. That take a Canadian geese prohibited portion of Cameron and Vermilion parishes, so a lot, of, a lot of where your goose hunters are out there, you know, right. in that area. Yeah, so yep. that's right. Just yep. be careful. Uh, make sure you uh, spot the right one. Anyway, ducks uh, to, tomorrow in the, in the uh, East Zone, a special youth and only veterans weekend, so includes coots and morganzas. Uh, of course, it, uh, the duck hunters uh, will be on force. Yeah. And hadn't seen too many four-wheelers running, though, Rick. I don't know not, if you've... Not this year. You're right, Tony. I've, uh, I haven't seen I've them around town very, at all. Very few. I see a lot of those side-by-sides, and that's more or less for your deer hunters now. I know up north around Natchitoches, uh, it's opening up this weekend. I got a couple of buddies. They've uh, they left yesterday to go get set up. All right. Yeah. Anyway, with uh, the primitive, uh, the deer and primitive weapons from November 12th to the 18th in the state deer areas, 4, 5, uh, 6, and 9, Dove sp- second split in the north zone through the 13th, that's through Sunday, the south zone through the 27th. Uh, the deer with modern firearms through the 27th and state deer areas 3, 7, and 8 and still hunt only. Uh, deer and modern firearms uh, through December 7th and state deer park area 2 still hunt only. Again, deer and modern firearms through January 1st in state deer area 10 still hunt only. And uh, those guys know where uh, those oh, yeah. areas are and they have maps up and uh, they know what area they're in basically when they hunt. Right. Also, the deer archery through January 15th in areas uh, 3, 7, 8, and 10. And also, again, uh, deer archery through January 31st in deer uh, areas 1, 2, and 4. Deer archery through February 15th through uh, state deer areas 5, 6, and 9. And rabbit and squirrels uh, available out there. You can hunt on private lands only through the February the 28th. So, okay. uh that's all important for people in that regard, Ricky, and you know as well as yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. Most of those deer hunters know where they are. Yeah, and, that's uh, what I was fixing to say, Tony. A lot of these guys, they, they've been doing this, you know, just like me with fishing. Uh, you know, the limits and the sizes, you know. So they, they pretty much, you know, I know a lot of things have changed with the wildlife and fisheries, but 
those guys that hunt, you know, they, they keep up with it pretty sure. much. Yeah. And, you know, they still have a lot of young guys that go out or gals that go out and start. And this might be their first uh, time hunting after getting invested with uh, getting a, a, a lease and things of oh, that yeah. nature. So it's important for you all to check those rules and regulations and make sure that uh, you, you're in line because I can assure you oh, yeah. the agent's out there and yeah. they're looking. And a lot looking. of these, these leases and hunting lo- uh, lodges and hunting camps, Tony, they get handed down to the you know families through the years. And uh, and you have a lot of new agents also, but you know a lot of agents know know their people. You know where they hunt and and where they work at. The agents work, so you know they, they still have to do their job. But it, all in all, it's it's a good uh, a good program. I agree, Rick. And uh, it's just uh, what, what we're trying to do is just make sure people uh, stay on the up and up. And uh, with yep. regards to that, keep and them informed. You're that's right. right. And they've got hundreds of agents out there watching things, and they know where the the leases are. Believe me, they know where uh, how to track. They, oh yeah. It's just like uh, I hate to say it like this, but they're just it's just like the uh, highway police officers, state troopers that watch you for speeders. Yeah. You know, it's the same they thing. They know where to go set up. That's oh, yeah. right. They know. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulic serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. We have a new player on the field and he's ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. Ice giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. The hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. Welcome back to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with Ricky Watkins. And, Rick, I saw this uh, article, and I just uh, or uh, I put together this and uh, wanted to look at it uh, with guys going out and uh, how to stay safe in a tree stand. And, uh, you know, as well as I do, it's nothing short of irresponsible to hunt from an elevated stand without using the proper safety gear. 
And, you know, when these guys are up in these stands, I mean, we're talking about sometimes they're uh, 30, 40 feet. Oh, yeah. And, and part of that. That's, that's up there, Tony. Oh, yeah. And yeah. part of that journey, you know, has been realized that hunting from an elevated tree stands is inherently yeah. dangerous. Well, like this weekend, Tony, with the wind, it's very dangerous. And then especially when we're going to now up north Louisiana, we'll get a couple of hopefully, you know, freezes down here or frost or whatever. But that's another thing you have to be careful of because when it's freezing and you're trying to climb a tree, that's just tough. You know, talking to a buddy after more than 30 years, and he's been uh, hunting, and he had uh, many friends and acquaintances who have fallen, become oh, yeah. severely injured, even more have had close calls, right. and, and who had, uh, uh, you know, taken care of themselves. And with, you know, they say, Rick, with age comes wisdom, hopefully, well, you know, yeah. in that regard. And there's nothing like getting older to make you feel less invincible and yeah. uh I know uh, at one time I used to climb trees as a kid and all, but uh, my fear of heights to today has grown uh, pretty substantial. Yeah, I try to stay on the ground. Too. Oh, yeah. Unless, I know what you're unless saying. it's on a ladder, you know. Anyway, unfortunately, today's technology has led to both much safer tree stands as well as better fall restraint systems with no longer have a valid reason not to uh, have safeguards in place when you leave the ground to bow hunt or yeah. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, most folks I know who have fallen from their stands have had a slow and a painful recovery, too. I mean, you're talking about uh, they resulted oh, some yeah. in paralysis and yeah. others even in death, man. I had a cousin years ago, Phil, and it took him a while to recoup. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He fell and, like 12 feet, but he hit flat, uh, straight on his back, you know. And, you know, the Rick, Ricky, the reason I like to say that, I like to mention that, uh, you know, today uh, with incidents that happen uh, all over the time, and, uh, you know, I, there was someone I knew that fell – you know, uh, from a tree stand, and uh, he, he was bow hunting for deer just north up uh, around the Natchez area and all. Right. And he had finished his morning hunt, uh, uh, I guess around 10 o'clock or so, and he was frustrated by most of the hunt by a muscadine vine yeah. <laughs> that was growing across his main shooting lane, and it was just out of his reach. Well, he unclipped his safety harness, climbed oh, down uh, to, no. from the stand's 12-foot height, realizing it left his pack in the stand. He figured he'd have to deal with it divine once he got back in it. But before climbing back up, he cut off the long piece of the tag end of one of the straps of his ladder. And, of course, once he got up there just below the stand, he tied the strap around the vine so he could pull it closer to cut it. And he was holding on to the ladder and pulling the strap with one hand and uh, holding the cutters with the other. And guess what? The only the problem, he still couldn't cut it, so he leaned out with the strap. And instead of uh, the ladder, he even said to himself, he said that if the strap breaks, I'm screwed. Yeah. Well, they broke and he fell. And surprised how quickly he fell, too, uh, even from 12 feet. He oh, was lying yeah. on the ground in an instant. Thank goodness he had his cell phone in his pocket. Yeah. You know, so he made a call to some of his buddies he was out there hunting with and all. And they had to get an ambulance and all, and he had a bumpy ATV ride and uh, back. And I guess what I'm trying to say, Ricky, uh, through this, he had broken humerus, he had five broken ribs and a 52,000 bill just for a ride, you know. And uh, he didn't require surgery, but he had a painful four-month recovery period. And uh, his bow season was almost over before it began, too. So, uh, you know, it could have been worse. You know, uh, he could have been killed. Yeah. And uh, that lifeline system, man, make use your head, Yeah, like man. you say, you got to be careful. Tony. You know, and they got a lot of guys. So, um, you know, just thinking, oh, I can handle this. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. man, it, it, you could fall from eight, six feet and hurt yourself seriously. That's so, right. uh, especially you older guys, too, that still like to hunt and all, getting in those stands. So, 
But if you're climbing a tree or any, any elevated platform, it's common sense to clip yourself to a safety uh, and it's possible. And, and that's true. It's just not while you're in the stand, but also while you're on your way up, too. A lot of people don't realize that either, too, Rick, that uh, it's yep. safety, man. You've got to be careful, man. Yep. And uh, I've seen a lot of these guys, you know, when you start to get to our, our age, uh, man, those bones break a lot easier. Oh, They're not yeah. – uh, they're brittle. Yep. And uh, when you fall, so even – Look at the older people even fall in their home, you know, and hurt themselves. So, yes, uh, folks, uh, just use safety, especially have a good hunt. You know, bring you home a, a nice uh, rack uh, or whatever the case may be. So uh, just uh, safety first out there, and that's uh, what's important. And, you know, you feel for some of these guys that hunt by themselves, man, you know, and having to fall. Make, make sure yeah. you keep your phone near you where they can watch it and find you. Uh, so anyway, folks, safety first. And uh, that's what we try to bring forth. Anyway, um, here's our bad guys of the week. Multiple subjects arrested on a commercial fishing violation. And uh, these two guys uh, uh, basically uh, alleged uh, commercial fishing violations happened on October 20th in Avoyles and Point Capique parishes. Agents arrested a 56-year-old for f- fulfilling or maintaining false public records and criminal conspiracy in Avalls and Point Cope parishes. Agents arrested a 27-year-old woman for criminal conspiracies in Avalls and Point Cope parishes. Agents also arrested a 66 for filing, failing to, uh, for filing or maintaining false public records and criminal conspiracies in Point Cope parish. And agents furthermore arrested a 65-year-old for filing and maintaining false public records and criminal conspiracy in Avalls parish. And the agents started an investigation into this illegal selling of fish a few months before the arrest. Agents learned that one of uh, was knowingly, knowingly catching and selling fish under a woman's commercial fishing license to another in Point Cope Parish and in DeFore and Avalls Parish. Agents obtained arrest warrants for these uh, violations on October the 19th and were able to arrest four subjects on October the 20th, booked them. For maintaining false public records brings up to a $5,000 fine and five years in jail and criminal conspiracy is a penalty is set by the court. So, okay. folks, yeah. you know, they're they out there to do those things, whether you're selling fish and all. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, I think if you go fishing and buy, get your fish and <laughs> at the land, you go, I'll sell you these fish and all that. I, I, I think that's a violation uh, yeah, under the right. statutes of the law. Yeah, it is. Certain fish you cannot sell, Tony, especially game fish. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's I'm sure that's what these people were doing. Right. And you've got to have a license to sell that's fish. That's right. You know, uh, that's right. Any any other kind of species of fish besides game fish, uh, you have to have a special license. Yeah, uh, You're correct about that. Anyway, also in Cattle Parish, that's up there in Shreveport, uh, basically the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries uh, cited a man uh, for allegedly deer hunting uh, back on November 2nd when the season's not open. And uh, he cited a 19-year-old uh, f- for hunting from a moving vehicle, taking deer during illegal hours, failing to tag the deer, uh, failing to validate his deer harvest, taking deer from a public road and simple littering. So uh, the agents uh, found out who he was, went to his home. He admitted uh, doing that, and he questioned further. He admitted to taking uh, four uh, antlers deer and three antler deer in the past two years. The alleged did not tag any of the deer and took some of the deer at night from a moving vehicle on a public road. I mean, what more? Anyway, agents seized uh, two sets of deer antlers in association with the case, and 
Of course, he's going to be fined anywhere from $900 to $950, four months in jail. Move, hunting from a moving violation brings another fine, and 90 days in jail, hunting from a public road, failing to tag the deer and to validate the deer, carrying additional fines. Simple littering brings him up to another $150 fine. So he's, he's looking at civil restitution of over $12,000. So, uh, folks, just learn the rules and uh, the laws. Yep. And you'll be all right in that regard, too. You know that as well as I do, Rick. Anyway, today, Friday, the 11th of November, the sun rose in southwest past Vermilion Bay at 629. Uh, sunset will be at 514. The days are getting shorter. Shorter, shorter. That's right. Waiting for the uh, winter equinox will be around December 21st. Anyway, the high and low tide chart, the uh, first and only low tide of the day will be at 1046 this morning. The high tide at 746 tonight. Tomorrow, the 12th. Uh, the sun's going to rise at 6.30, set at 5.14 in the high and low tide chart. Uh, the low tide will be at 11.25 uh, tomorrow morning, that's Saturday, and the high tide at 8.51 p.m. On Sunday the 13th, uh, the sun's going to rise at 6.31 and set at 5.13 in the high and low tide chart. We can see that the low tide will be at 12.10 p.m. That's Sunday, and the high tide will be at 10.13 p.m. The average water temperature in Southwest Pass, Vermilion Bay, went up a little bit, Rick. It's up to 76 degrees in that regard. So, uh, you know, with the warm weather that we had, but yeah. uh, hold on, folks. It's, it's supposed cool to get down. chippy tonight oh, yeah. and tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So we're getting ready for some cool weather. Hopefully the duck hunters will have that great feel, too, in that regard, too, Rick. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, Rick, uh, as always, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these fine people. You're right, Tony. Thanks to Alamo Hydraulics, Doyle Seating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, the Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And our motto is always, kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal.